Welcome to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 257. My name is John Morgan. Cold Coffee is with me. Wait, wait. I'm coming all the way from the other end of the palatial grounds. <laughs> Expansive grounds, sir. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I mean, we should say, as I look out upon the uh, palatial grounds of the Casa de Cold Coffee estate, mm. it is 72 degrees outside Isn't in Las something? Vegas on a February afternoon. I wore a sweatshirt when I left the house earlier because I thought it would be a little bit cooler. Mm-hmm. Immediately as I got in my car, I was like, I made the wrong completely wrong unnecessary fashion, fashion decision. I'm telling you, I know there are other wonderful places in this fine country of ours. We've been lucky enough to travel around and see a lot of it. Mm-hmm. But when it is 72 degrees on a February afternoon, you, sir, have picked a fantastic place to live. I love it. I've had the the heater off the past few nights. It's got a little nippier. Open the window and get a little. But I haven't opened the window. Oh, I haven't opened okay, the window. Okay. Like I, I do like to do that though. Uh, every once in a while, but I haven't done that yet. But. Uh, yeah, because it's funny because Envy Energy sends me a notice when it tells you kind of how your bill's going, mm-hmm. and it's like, dude, this is how I hear it in my head. That's it's how like, the bill it's comes. Like, like- <laughs> dude, you're doing really good. You're you spent less money this month than uh, than last year. You know, blah blah blah. And I'm like, and I was thinking, about it, I was like, that's right. I was like, I've been able to keep the the heater off. That's nice. You know, so this is like this is when you make it all up because I do that equal payment thing where you oh, pay, you pay. Yeah, yeah. And since it's been so warm early. I'm like already in like the credit area, so like I've already paid more uh, than what my bill actually that is. That is one. That is one hidden cost of living in Las Vegas that people don't talk about much. Yeah. If you don't, uh, if you don't watch it during the summertime, your electric bill can get, can get real expensive, really, really bad. Especially this. This is an older house that I rent, and uh, it can get real bad. To get like e- two fifty, three hundred, something like that. Easy, easy, easy. <laughs> I, I, my, my equal payment thing is two. Are you serious? Do something. In some in some months, it could easily be like four hundred bucks. Holy cow! I didn't know it was that bad. Yeah, this is not a very energy efficient house. No, it and is not. And it's like an older uh, AC unit and stuff. That's why I'd be like one of those old can, people. Like, don't you touch my thermostat? It's that's there. how I am. <laughs> like, that's how I am. I have that shit cranked up pretty high. That's why I spend so much time out, like out back and like in the pool and stuff like that. And that's yeah, why yeah. the pool makes makes so much sense that's but, funny but you have to have it on you, you can't go without air conditioning here no that i mean that's that's the the flip side of what we're experiencing right now when it gets to the summertime you have to have a decent ac system or you literally will melt that is true like uh when people's acs go out and stuff like you can't even stay in your house at night like it's crazy yeah. you gotta even go by somewhere. law like if you know if you rent like a place like this they have to within like that day or 24 hours they have to have somebody is that come. right yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. By law, literally can melt. It gets so hot in 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 the houses; it's just unbelievable. Brutal. So, but it's nice now. But it's nice now. It's nice now. It's, <laughs> now July or August is when we start telling you about how the summers you're, you're ready for them to be done. Uh, listen, just quick health update uh, for those who've been following along. Of course, yep. you've, you know you've Feeling been recovered good. for surgery. I gotta say, man, you're you're moving a lot better. It's been moving a, a lot better. I'm sleeping better. I went and did the wound check today. So what that is is the uh, she's really nice. Uh, she's super cute too. So that does that helps. That doesn't, that <laughs> doesn't hurt uh she actually was checking uh the way that it's healing so there's still portions of it that are sort of scabbed but as the scab starting to like come up she was taking like little 
tweezers and cutters and like clearing up the part and oh, just double checking. Hopefully nobody's eating right now. I know. Well, she's <laughs> the one that pulled the staples out. Like oh. she's pretty badass. I mean, this this girl's uh, fucking sharp, man. She's probably I, like super respect. demented in her head. Oh. Like she's like, I just love, oh, yeah. I love he- wounds, wounds <laughs> and blood and pus. <laughs> I mean, that the people that enter the medical fields are one of the ones that they're they're a special breed. I mean, I think a lot of us say like, oh, I can. I could probably do that. I could watch stuff, but until you immerse yourself in that, and until you're like you're in there, I like could. I don't think I could go in there. Like if I saw like a surgery and like watching like what happened to me, I probably would pass out. Yeah, I don't think I could do I'd it. I'd probably pass out. Like but moving around the organs and stuff. And I don't think I could do it. Yeah, so, like blood doesn't freak me out. I mean, obviously, like in the in this industry we work in, we see a lot of blood, and we see like yeah superficial wounds. You know, we see some cuts and some. You know, we've seen some yeah. some nasty ones up close, and every now and then you'll have like those interviews where like somebody's talking, and like all of a sudden like a, 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 like a cut just opens up, and like yeah. blood starts coming out. And well, stuff. What I think is weird about that too is like I think though when you watch a fight, your brain's in a certain uh, point where it's not shocking to you. And the reason I say that there was a uh, an instance once, and plus I've been drinking, so this might have affected it. <laughs> uh, this was years back in Columbus. Uh, a girl I was dating, that her and some other friends went to a music concert, and at some point, uh, the girl, my girlfriend, was a little wasted and like tripped and like split on her forehead, like okay, got a okay. cut. So I, I ended up going to the, the hospital. Going. Yeah, I went to the <laughs> hospital to see it. And, you know, just like you think, you're like, oh, you see blood, it's not a big deal. But when I was watching them start to, like, stitch her up and shit, I got queasy and almost fainted. Really? Yeah. I like. I was like, I got to go to the restroom. And I walked to the uh, the restroom, and I remember starting to stumble. And it wasn't like I was, like, wasted. I had had a couple drinks. Right, right. But it literally, it just threw me off. That's funny. But, like, you're just like what you see. I'll watch. I remember when uh, Roy Nelson got his head split open. I literally was looking at his skull, <laughs> like interviewing him, and it was like not a big deal at all. You know, I was like, "This is literally the same situation that happened." It's too funny. Years earlier, but I, I got like, I just wasn't expecting. I wasn't in the mindset for it, and yeah, it yeah. got to me. So I think when we watch the fights, we're expecting violence. We're expecting blood. We're anticipating it. We're actually hoping for it in some cases. So I think your body treats it differently. So maybe people that work in the medical field. Same thing. It's they like that, that for them. Kinda. They're just their brains yeah. are always working in that mode, so they're always expecting it. Just like uh, EMTs and uh, emergency responders have my utmost respect, but they are always they're always on. And some of the shit that they run oh, into, they show up to like accident scenes. Oh my and stuff. lord! Yeah. Like like body parts and stuff. Unreal, unreal. The the resolve of people that do that sort of shit. Yeah. Like I don't think I could do it at all. <laughs> well, glad you tuned into the MMA Roadshow yeah. where we just MMA keep it light. Gore just talk show. about. <laughs> We just keep it light and talk but, about fights. But back on the health thing, I feel good. I'm <laughs> sleeping better. I'm sleeping better. I'm in less pain. I'm uh, when we actually, and you're gonna hear audio from this when we were at um, Mandalay Bay doing the uh, soon to be infamous interview with Joshua. Fabio I was gonna say. I mean, we, we, it's, we might Diego. as well just jump into it and start I was, there. I, I stood there for so long that that was the longest I had stood up and standing. So, and in terms of me being able to get back to working and doing like a typical work day, that was the longest I had uh, stood behind a camera. 
Right. Um, and, and it got to a point because that interview went so damn long that my, my back did start hurting where I was like, I, I got to sit down for a second just to relieve the pressure. But it felt good to be back at it. So I know I'm in, I'm trending in the right direction. That's so. good. Still sitting out uh, next week. Not going to yep. be a part of 248. I mean, you're going to help from home, obviously. Help from home. Uh, yep. But not going to be uh, on the grind. But uh, yeah. it looks like you're going to be healthy enough to go do the Columbus show at the end of the month. That's the goal. I mean, it's it's one of those things that, I mean, it, it, one, it hasn't been back to Columbus so in so long. So I'm, I want to go back and see a UFC event in, I, I assume it's probably going to be Nationwide Arena. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to go back, see an event there where I used to go watch the Blue Jackets play, where I've watched OSU basketball play on some games, where I've watched concerts. Um, and I'm hoping to get to see some, some friends and, uh, you know, just go back and see some of the old hangs, drink, uh, drink at some of the old watering holes. So that's the goal is to get myself back in working order that I can go and uh, work at an event that's not going to be as crazy as like a Khabib, a Habib Tony event yeah, yeah. where it's going to be nonstop. There's going to be a lot of media. This is going to be – it'll be a little bit slower. Still going to be some really good fights. But it'll be less uh, less stuff going on. Yeah. So I think it's a good event to kind of stretch the legs and see where I'm at uh, physically when getting back to to, to the grind. So. No doubt. Well, it's good good to have you back at full speed. And you you yeah. touched on the uh, yeah. the interview. I, I just think we got to start there. I mean, we're going to get to uh, the, the fights this weekend. Of course, uh, the UFC is out in Norfolk, Virginia this week. UFC on ESPN Plus 27. The flyweight title is on the line. We'll get into that card. The young Mike Bond is out there and been handling stuff. But um, I mean, we just got to talk about it because I'll be honest with you. It happened yesterday. Uh, you and me went down to the MMA Junkie Radio Studios. Uh, Goes and, and George were kind enough to open the facility for us there and let us use their space and uh, taped an interview with uh, Joshua Fabia and Diego Sanchez. And this kind of came out. Mike Bond actually helped set this up as well. I think Mike had started communicating with Joshua Fabia uh, around the time of all the Rio Rancho controversy, and of course, then our our story came out about the the infamous uh, you know death hold that he was teaching uh, against Michael Chiesa and and all that. And I think they started having some some back and forths uh, via social media first. I think uh, via the Instagram account, if I'm right. And then uh, ultimately found out they were going to be in Las Vegas. They came out to have some meetings with the UFC and. You know, they actually said, "Hey, man, we would love to sit down with you and, and do an interview on camera and, and let us get our words out um, and and let the world see it." And I, I will yep. say this: I, I will say this. I actually respect the fact that they have been as accessible to the media as they have. I mean, they've yep. done. They did uh, Lou Thomas. They did Eric Hawani. I yep. saw they did the Schmo while they were in here. Uh, they've done a lot of different interviews, and I mean, they get the fact that. Um, the world is not exactly on their side. I mean, it's a lot of controversy. It's a lot of criticism. I will give them credit for the fact that they want to sit down and they want to to speak and they want to address yep. the questions and the criticisms. And, um, you know, certainly – we put the full we put the full interview up. The full interview is on uh, video on YouTube. So if you want to watch the full uh, 44 minutes, uh, you can watch that. Cole Coffee was filming it and uh, and did the edit there. And so. Uh, I think he was a little frustrated because they were looking at the wrong camera at some point. They but, were, but I was like, Ugh, "What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do?" I, I should. Uh, I was kicking myself. I was like, "I should have just said, hey, you know, if you're going to look at the camera, make it this one." But that's. I'm not trying to coach right. a couple it's people not a or whatever. Show. And it's an I had no idea that they would not look at you and decide to speak to the audience. You know, they they, they completely broke the fourth wall. But. <laughs> um, 
It was just interesting. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was a little frustrating, but it was a little. So long. if you look at the edit and you, and you see that the, the, it looks like their eye line is just a little bit off. Yeah. That's why. I just didn't want to do the wide shot because it was so, so wide, wide. You know, and I was like, oh, if I push into that, it's going to look even worse. So I just did what I could do. There is um, the frustrations of yeah. a professional videographer. Yeah, I was very frustrated. Uh, but you know. The interview was interesting. So if you want to watch the whole thing, and certainly I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a little bit familiar with Fabio by now. Um, he's he's been out there. I did think um, I I did think that we got some good stuff out of Diego. I because mean, uh, yeah. a lot of the interviews I've seen Diego be rather silent, to be yeah. honest with you. And you got good stuff out, of it and you let them sort of say their piece. And, th- and there's the reason why uh, I know a lot of people might be like, "Dude, it's 44 minutes. We're never going to watch 44 minutes. Just give me the highlights." But there's a reason why we do put the full thing out because a lot of times, and even especially in this instance, they even said something there that. You know, people are always cherry picking. They're always taking this thing of what I say, and they say this thing, and that's come back over and over. You know, throughout all time. You know, when some subject of an interview is like, "You're taking my words out of context. Right. You're taking this." So the best way to combat that is you put the start to finish out there, and then nobody, anybody that watches it, they can't say, "Oh, well." You're, you're taking this out of context. You know, you only said this. I like, we put it all out there that so you can hear every little bit. And then we go back after the fact and cut down a little bit more digestible nuggets. And that's what you're going to hear here. But that's the reason why there is a 44-minute video is there that's so right. that you can actually see and hear everything that took place without us going back and putting any sort of um, – censorship or whatever you want to call it. We yeah, didn't, have, we didn't they, twist anything. All I did was cut from one camera to the other. Yeah. I cut nothing out audio-wise. Everything's there. All I did was cut the camera the camera shot between. That's the they, only editing they I did. They do believe, and, I, and I, when I say they, I mean, I guess I assume that Fabio speaks for both of them. Fabio expressed it stronger, but Diego did as well, um, but Fabio more so that – I mean, they do believe that people are kind of censoring their messages. Astroturfing them. Astroturfing, which I'll be honest with you, I am not socially hip and conscious. I, I had didn't no fucking clue know. what he was talking okay, about. Okay, so I, I, had, the idea, I had the idea of what he was trying to say, but I was like, I've never heard that term used use. as for somebody like making you look bad, I assume. I haven't looked up to see what uh, <laughs> the Urban Dictionary says. Urban Dictionary might say some other nasty sort of meaning for what astroturfing is. <laughs> It's, it's filed <laughs> under the rusty trombone somewhere. Um, but I can see where they uh, were taken to the point where they feel like people have been taking what they say out of context this whole time and using it. So um, that's why there is a 44-minute video out there that we normally wouldn't put something that long. We do like to try to put the full things out just for that reason that a fighter or somebody can't say that we uh, took what they said out of context, but we will still go back and cut little morsels out of it, and that's kind of what That's what we're going to get to. But first, since you brought it up, let's just go ahead and oh, no. take about Is it this. Urban Dictionary? All right, Urban Dictionary. Uh, well, <laughs> there's first, there's a, there's a, uh, the, the first, if you Google it, the first one that comes up is, it says, the Urban Dictionary tells us astroturfing means creating the impression of public support by paying people in the public to pretend to be supportive. Now I believe that's probably kind of what he was going with. Like, you're you're basically paying people to influence and to seem like that's the public agenda when it's not actually well, that, the public. That's agenda. what I kind of took, and you hear it in the interview as well. I felt like that's what I was getting over and over from them was that they felt that the UFC was putting their money behind a bad propaganda for them. So when I hear astroturfing, I'm thinking like, okay, 
that means they're digging you under the ground That's or right, whatever. Kind of, right. But astroturfing there just makes it sound like. Well, hold on. There is an alternate okay. meaning here. This is the nasty. I know. One. I, this <laughs> is the naughty one, right? <laughs> Now, if it that's not poop. what he meant, if that's not <laughs> what he meant, astroturfing, according to Urban Dictionary, also means a sex act involving rubbing a shaved head on a partner's vagina or anus for pleasure. I knew there would be something in there. <laughs> astroturfing. So it's a little I'm, bit rough. I'm gonna say he's going with the first one. Probably. I think that's what he, he was indicating. But uh, um, so yeah, so so we so we have the whole thing out there, and it is. I mean, listen. I, I, I mean, I tried. I tried to keep <laughs> you it on ask track. Dana about astroturfing. <laughs> Dana, they feel like you've been astroturfing them. Do you know what astroturfing oh, is? Goodness. And then read him the two different, the two different answers to get his take. Just at a press conference or Just something. Just at a press conference. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. That'd be pretty awesome. Um, yeah, but you know, and the, then you'd ask it first. Though. That's how it started. It would just be a shit show from then on. <laughs> I, uh, I tried to keep it on track, and I, and I think if you go watch the whole thing, I mean. I will, I will say this. I, I, they did answer the questions I had. I mean, they, yep. they, they did allow me to address everything. I mean, we talked about, um, you know, what was going on with the, the, the death move that he was teaching, uh, that he warned about ahead of uh, Michael Chiesa. We did we'll go over and over and over about the, the game plan. I mean, um, you know, I, well, you might have asked over and over about the game Okay, plan. it took a while to get the game <laughs> So I wanted to know, because the one thing I hadn't heard in the fight with Michelle Pajeda was, okay, fine, you, you've been criticized about your corner advice. We've, we've heard that. You say, look, it's our code. Don't worry about it. What was the game plan? If you say you were capable of being Diego Sanchez's only cornerman and only coach, then what was your game plan? Tell me what it was. And now, it took me like three or four times of asking, but I will say – at some point, they did get to a point where they were like, look, we kind of thought he would fade in the third round. You know, we'd seen him fade before, and we thought he'd fade in the third round. And, you know, Diego said himself, I know I'm a third-round fighter. I know I'm still going to be there. I thought we'd be able to capitalize then. I probably made a mistake. We probably shouldn't have been a little bit more aggressive. Probably should have pushed it a little bit more. So, I mean, it, it, it did make me feel a little bit better that there was at least some game plan. But it, 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 I know, I'm, it I'd did. have to go back and watch because I'm like, when did that part come out? I heard a whole lot of – well, you know, I'm just he needs to get into his kill zone, and how am I going to tell tell him how to get into his kill zone? And he's got to do this. And I had a bad view, and blah blah. It, it was a lot of dancing around the the game plan that's without a, much game plan talk really coming out. That's I would you know, and I always say, don't say anything to somebody that you wouldn't say to to, to their face. And I, and yeah. I still believe that if they happen to be listening to this for whatever reason. I, I, I'm more than happy to say this to Joshua. Fye. I well, wish go, he would. They could easily go back and just listen to it too. I mean, they tried. Well, no, even Joshua was, tried to keep him on. He was like, "Okay, Diego, you tell him the game plan." And then Diego at at a point was like, "Now you tell him because you were the strategy." Right. And then I felt like they were handing it back off back they and were. forth, but a lot of no strategy was really being talked about. And but that, I will say that it, not just in that instance, but in all instances, I think he would serve himself a whole lot better if he would just answer directly to questions, man. It's just he doesn't get out a single thought. Fabio does not does not answer anything directly, and he doesn't get out a single thought. And I think that really leads into why people have this opinion that he's a con artist, that he's a snake oil salesman, you know, because he just – you you ask very direct specific questions and you don't get direct specific answers and yeah. I think I think some people's brains are wired a little bit differently as well I think some people you know when you're you get you're you're quick to the point you know and uh you know you want and you expect a a thirteen word response some people their brains. 
they kind of work a little more cyclical. You know, they'll go off on a tangent, knowing that eventually they'll come back to the point that they want, but they want to go off on this other story. And I think sometimes people get lost when they go off on this tangent, and it makes it sound like they're just rambling and rambling. And you almost need somebody to kind of, which they were do they were doing for themselves a couple times, where they would just reel each other in. So I, I appreciated that, and I could see where the the like mindedness of where both of them kind of realize at points that they kind of get lost in these tangents. Well, so they would we, try to reel themselves before back. Before we started recording, I don't know if you heard while you were while you were setting up equipment. Did you hear where Diego said? Um, I have kind of noticed that sometimes I, I tend to ramble and I don't get my point across because I'm I'm rambling. Was that a the point bit. where he was like, "Wait, don't give it out, don't say too much, right. don't say too much," right. and they never really said that. Yeah, yeah. But but, he, but Diego himself but he actually that, said yeah. he said, "You know, I'm yeah. I'm becoming aware that sometimes I don't get my point across because I'm rambling so long that I don't get the point across." Yeah. So t- to your point, yeah. he is realizing that. And I think I mean that's probably why they get along so well because I, it just seems like at this point in their lives, their brains are wired very similar. Lee, where um, just talking about things, they allow themselves. Um, it's kind of almost a very sort of uh, I don't know uh, if Zen's the right way to think. Where you just go where the flow, go where the energy, go where the, the thought pattern takes you, right. and you don't really set up strict guidelines. Okay, we're going to talk about this. Okay, well let's let's talk about it and let's see where it goes. Hey man, and then yeah, right. I was a big. Uh, I've done but a lot of hallucinogenics and. and, and <laughs> Things in my life, so I can I can see where I know where my brain, if I if I allowed it to go that route, could go back into that. And I think they find that uh, kinship in, in each other that they allow themselves. And I think with the martial arts and the way that they do stuff, it works because I think Diego wants that in, in his life right now, and that's what he wants for his training. And unfortunately, for a lot of people that want, they want to see the a plus B equals C, strict this, 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 this is how training should be, where a lot of people, are, I think, are saying, well, I'm not seeing this from him, so obviously this can't be the right thing for right. for Diego. But Diego's like, what is happening with what I'm getting from him is what I need in my life right now. And, okay. and you'll hear that in these so interviews. I was going to say, so that's perfect, because what I we didn't want to play the whole 43 minutes here oh, on the podcast, because that would... We wouldn't have to record anything yeah, we just, hey, like, here you go. Welcome to the MMA Road Show. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. <laughs> It'd be the easiest whatever, you we know? just drank for 45 yeah, minutes straight. Yeah, be great. We just sit here and drink while they talk. You sure we don't want to do that? You know what? I have, just, I have changed <laughs> my mind. Let's tee up the whole thing. No, what we decided to do was uh, to just... I said, I'll grab one clip that stands out to me, and you grab one clip that stands out to you. So here's the one I grabbed, um, and this is from Diego. And basically, I got to a point where you know we kind of went through everything. We you know we talked about the Pajeda fight and what the strategy was, and you know we talked about the the fallout and 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 you know we had talked about everything. And finally, I just said, "Look, Diego, let me ask you a question, man. I mean, are you open to to evaluating what's going on in your camp? Everybody right now is worried that you're not getting what you need. You know, this guy says he's he's got enough for you." Are you open to, to listening to other people, or should we just basically shut our yaps at this point because you've made your decision and this is the way you're going to go? And um, here's what Diego had to say. Let me ask you a question, Diego. Going forward, are you open to evaluating who's in your camp, who works with you, that sort of thing? Or should, should the world know right now, guys, I made oh, my decision. Oh, oh, this is my oh, guy. Oh, just shut up and deal with it. This is how I'm, this is how I'm going. Yes, yes, yes. I could, I could address that very easily. Joshua is my brother, my, my mentor, my guide, my manager, my, my trainer. And this has been the most disrespectful that my fans and the masses of the MMA community 
have addressed me in my career. Just throwing all the hits and all the traumas that I took in the 16 years in the UFC, all this trauma that I took, I paid the price for the experience to make my own decisions in what is best for me going forward. I have always been different than everybody else. And maybe that's why I've lasted so long. All right. I continue to thrive in a special, unique, unorthodox approach that has led me to Joshua. And what he's done for me outside of mixed martial arts is amazing. And you really should look into it and, and, and become aware of that. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here in front of you. My face is not, I don't look like I'm going anywhere. I'm speaking healthy. And this is more than a fighting career because Diego Sanchez, the UFC fighter, the identity that's been done and dead. I am Diego Sanchez, the human being now. <laughs> and so now that I step into this part of my purpose in life, understand that I'm making these decisions. I'm thinking about this. I'm putting my heart, my mind, my daughter and my mother and my father, the three people that I have to take care of. I'm doing everything in the best of my ability in the best way that I can for my future. And that includes standing up to the bullies who were taking advantage of me and not treating me correctly. This is just what it is. I know that a lot of people around the world are suffering from these same things, whether it be at their job or whether it be on the playground. And they're not saying, they're not speaking up. They don't have the courage. I want people to see me and, and see something different, a new generation, a new era of people believing in themselves and not just listening to what the comments say. Okay, so there's Diego Sanchez answering directly what he says. And, you know, what I take it, I mean, first of all, it's clear that he's set. This is this is the, the, the path that he's going down, at least for the time being. And I know that's not comfortable for everybody, but I, I don't know that you're going to be able to get into his head and, and talk him out of it. I do think, I do see some positives. I mean, it, it, they're talking a lot about his health, recognizing what he's been through, that, you know, continued wars and, and, and blows to the head are not going to be great for him. I mean, they talked a lot off camera about CTE and, and concerns that. I mean, they talked a lot on camera about CTE as well. So you know, I, I find that as a positive. Um, as you said, he's talking about, you know, the unique unorthodox approaches that that works for him, you know, and saying yep. that, you know, this is this 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 works for him, Diego Sanchez, the human being, as he said, and the fact that he brought up his family and said, Look, I am looking out for me, I am looking out for my family. Yep. I'm, that at least leads not me to the believe. CTE talking. Right. That well, does he took a lot of offense to that. I think he's been hearing that a lot. He and I can see defensive. where he's he probably is getting to the point where he's just like, Fuck you all, like I'm fine, you know. Yep. But man, it's hard to not think. I mean, that's a. He, he's been through. I mean, 15 years in the UFC. He's been and, through. And wars. Diego's. He's he's not a uh, point fighter. He is all. Nah, he's or going right in. <laughs> but I, I guess 
my point, the reason this stood out for me is that I don't necessarily agree with the choice that he's making. I don't. I, I don't. But I do understand that Diego is a unique cat. There's no question about that. And it does sound like he's at least thinking about the right things when making this decision. It still concerns me, man. I still don't – I mean, like, the truth is, like, everybody's trying to – like, the, the truth is everybody's trying to, you know, discount what Joshua Fabia has uh, established or what he's done, you know, what he says he's done and all this stuff. And it, to be honest with you, I don't care. I honestly do not care if he's – worked with the paramilitary in South America. I don't care if he's, you know, the thing where he talked about walking the Holy Land barefoot. I don't even know what that means. And I don't, I don't care. I I honestly, all I care about, I am an MMA reporter that cares about the MMA space. And I still don't know necessarily that he's qualified to be doing this. But I do understand that there is some kind of mental psychological spiritual connection with Diego as you said man they have and if Diego's happy with it yeah I guess who are we to say no and and that's kind of it you know like you want the best for him you want him to get whatever but ultimately at the end of the day if somebody's happy it's kind of like saying like that girl's not right for you you really shouldn't date her you know but and then the and then the the guy's like but it make she makes me happy so it's worth it, you know, and, yeah. and who are we to say if somebody's happy and they're willing, you know, Diego's not going to fight forever. So if the, if it means more to him to have this guy in his corner for his last fights or however many that are going to be, I mean, like, who are we to say stop it, Diego? I mean, we could always want the best for him, and, and if the performances keep going, I guess we could always revisit it. But if Diego feels that he is of sound mind and that he's making the decision, who are we to stop him because just like how we said, he's like, I've been in there with everybody. Um, and he's been doing it longer than anybody. I mean, the guy is still active and he was in tough one. I That's mean, like, insane. it's absolutely ridiculous. So, I mean, maybe we're all the ones in the wrong and he's the one doing it right. And it's just unfortunate that he fought a bigger, stronger guy. And like Joshua said, you know, like if he fought somebody that was his size, Maybe we will see the the fruits of all their labor. And it's funny, man, because I I know that sounds odd. Like I'm not trying to get out there and be like, I, I'm. It's not like they've convinced me. Like, man, you know what? They have they have made me believe they've got the secret formula. They've got the recipe. Yeah. They, no, like this dude Fabia has no business coaching anybody else in the UFC. Like yeah. nobody. I just like if he if he makes Diego satisfied and yeah. comfortable. Like Diego convinced me that he's happy with him. Around that's him. what it see. That's 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 and what so that that's, sounded like to me. Yeah, I mean, and 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 who are we to argue with that? I mean, we can we can say, and we can believe, and we do believe there are much better coaches that can give the technical advice of what Diego needs to be in there. But for Diego, Diego's overall spirituality sense of being, which is more of what he feels that he is now it's as a, a fighter. It's a huge part of it. It's it's a huge part of what he is, you know. Like he says I'm I'm not that same fighter. What I fight now is how he is as a person and how he, you know, so it's like it's like saying that we want him to go in there and be a number one boxer or this and that, but he's like no, my training has taken me that I just like to kick. So I'm going to kick. No, but you really have to work on your boxing. You need somebody to tell you how to box. I'm just happy kicking, you know. So who are we to to tell him to change if that's, that's what makes it, him happy? Man. But I think that's where I stand right now, man. Yeah, I, it's, it's rough. It's tough. But I guess you just gotta. We all, 
we all love Diego. We want the best in him, and I and I just hope that out of all this, that at some point he realizes that people, most people, or at least I think some people, are coming from a place of respect that's and it. love for Diego, I think and I... that's why people are asking the questions of uh, who he's putting in that's his right. corner. It's not so much that they just want to attack this person in the corner. It's because people have um, they love Diego. And if you're listening to Diego, people love you, and that's where a lot of a lot of the questions and I think a lot of the concerns are coming. People are trying to come from a point of real concern and care, and they might not be doing a good job of it, or the ones that are just dicks are, are shining and are speaking a lot louder than right. the others. But most of I think what people are, people are concerned and just want to make sure that the right thing so Diego doesn't get hurt. That's it, man. You know. All right, you got to pick a little clip as well. Um, I was really interested in hearing from Diego, and like I said, that, that part convinced me. Uh, I, I know that uh, you had not necessarily listened to all the Fabia interviews the way I had, so I had heard a lot yeah. of what I had to say, but uh, one part uh, stuck out to you, and that was, uh, that, that was near the end here, and this is, this is what Mr. Fabia had to say. Let's just go back into this credential world. You come from a world where you lay down your respect because of a piece of paper, because of a past accomplishment that the person is riding on a horse into your fucking space. And you've been conditioned to do this, and this is why you chase pieces of paper. I'm in a different world, and I do not endorse killing trees to endorse yourself. I believe at moment for moment, you need to earn respect. Nobody given me the chance to earn it and now you've been disrespectful. Now you're wondering why I'm speaking the way I'm speaking. When everywhere I go in the world, I don't use name dropping, I don't use pieces of paper, I actually go prove it to the people. And if you allow me to prove it, as I'm already here on this space and platform, I've already proven it. Again, history has already been made, you just might not wanna accept it and you're trying to rewrite it, so the conqueror ends up looking like they conquered something. You cannot hurt me, I'm not in your world. I will go on helping people the rest of my life. MMA is not my feeder system. So I'm not at the mercy here, and this is why I have freedom to say the things that need to be said. All right, so there he is, a, a little combative. I, I, like I said, I wish he wouldn't ramble quite as much, and I wish he wouldn't be so angry all the time. But, yeah. but I think some of what he said here is, I mean, it's, it's legitimate. I, <laughs> It's so hard for me to say because, listen, I, I do not believe everything this guy says. I just don't. And I, and I don't. <sighs> but it's you did, working. You gave it's him, working. You, you gave him. And it is working. It's working for Diego. I mean, at least it's making Diego happy. It's making Diego happy. And But you gave him a chance to, to, to have a platform to vent. And that's what I felt like we got to see because I feel it's, you know, if you try to respond to a Twitter or if you try to was, respond to an Instagram post or whatever – you can't get the, the the raw emotion out there. And I think in some of the questioning and some of the stuff talking, uh, he was tapping into these raw emotions that he's probably been dealing with. I think he feels like he's being attacked right and left, and, and let alone is. being attacked. <laughs> and he is. And he is. Uh, so you gave him a chance to kind of do it. And so that was his sort of like, hey, coaches, people that are coming at you, who are you to judge me? You know, we're basing things on a different set of criteria. You know, so, uh, you know, I don't know. So it, I was glad that he, at least it felt like when he left, I felt like they felt that they had got to say 
what they at least wanted to they say. They got a fair shake. They probably could have talked for at least oh, another hour. They definitely could have. I tried you know? to, like, I was shooting for 30 minutes because I knew he yeah. could go forever. I was yeah. shooting for 30. We got to 44, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so, like I said, if you want to listen to it all, the full thing is up on YouTube. You can also go to uh, patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow. The audio is all there as well. Um, if anybody does watch it or listen to it all, I mean, I'd, I'd love to hear your feedback. I mean, definitely uh, hit me up on Twitter at MMA Junkie John. Uh, my. My DMs are open, so you can send me a DM if you don't want to put it out publicly. Slide right up in there. Slide right up in my DMs if you want to hit me there, if you want to do it publicly. I'm cool with that, but I'd be interested to hear feedback uh, and what you guys thought. If you if you liked it, if you didn't like it, if you if you thought I did okay, if you thought I sucked, uh, happy to hear about it because it, it was a unique experience, to say the least. I don't think I've ever done an interview uh, that long before, so pretty wild. Uh, all right, listen, um, if you like what you're listening to otherwise, outside of just that interview uh, – you should do like our man Metalhead87 did. He went into the uh, podcast app on uh, on Apple. I guess it's not iTunes anymore, right? It's just podcast. And he said, uh, great show, terrible beer, which kind of hurts, <laughs> hurts my feelings a little bit. That's awesome. Uh, but he did give us five stars, <laughs> so thank you, Metalhead87. He said, these two jokers provide in-depth analysis and great interviews, That's all funny. the while drinking the award-winning Pabst Blue Ribbon, just like we are right now. <laughs> I've enjoyed right. their I've enjoyed their great commentary for hundreds of straight weeks. By the way, 257 consecutive weeks, wow. never missed a single one. No holidays, no sick days, no nothing. And the and a half episodes are always the best. Plus, when the cantankerous Luke Thomas sings your praises, you know you're doing it right. I, I heard Luke. It, I, I'd heard uh, from some people that Luke uh, gave us a shout out, or at least at least gave myself a shout out. I don't know. Aww. I don't know if he shouted out Cold Coffee. He probably did. Now, if, now that I think about it, it probably was all about in cold private. Coffee. He was probably like, "Oh, Cold Coffee," and that guy John. <laughs> So but, uh, if you if you could do that, we would appreciate. It. If you like the show, take the time. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your uh, your your podcast. Leave us a little feedback. Leave us a rating. That helps us out. Helps uh, helps. What do they call it? The 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 what are the data that makes it SEO? The algorithm. Algorithm. And, yeah. And the algorithm. That's what it helps with. You can tell how great we are at business and stuff. Uh, but it helps us out. We haven't quite wow. reached the Joshua. Uh, uh, <laughs> Fabia on the, uh, the Joshua and uh, Diego mind meld yet. I didn't know quite where you were going not yet. There yet, man. <laughs> we <laughs> we should be after two hundred and fifty-six. What is it? Two hundred fifty-seven. I don't know if we'll ever get to that connection level, brother. But speaking of the Patreon, uh, oh, oh, I was going to say, but that's if you like it. That's if you like what you're hearing. <laughs> if you love what you're hearing, if you're like, I just can't get enough the MMA Roadshow, and if you want to hear those and a half episodes. Make sure you go to patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow. Get signed up there. That is now the exclusive home for all and a half episodes moving forward. And but the good news is I'm going to do them every single week. Well, not every single week, but when there's major. When there's an event. When there's an event. Yeah, but no that event. is damn near like, every single week. Yeah, what's the so and there a may half? Be, yeah, there may be like three or four <laughs> weeks where we don't do it. Uh, but uh, Out of a whole year. Out of a whole year. But make sure we'll, we'll have those there for you. Uh, $3 a month is all we ask. If you sign up for $3 a month, I mean, that is – that's nothing. It's, That's the roadie level. You won't even Those notice are good that. Peoples. It doesn't even notice to be a roadie. Three dollars a month, you'll get access to every single thing we put up there. Anything we put. And, and by the way, this some week, nudies. Some. Well, I haven't done the nudies. You, we're gonna we're gonna come out with a new tier level for the nudies. <laughs> <laughs> you might see random medical pictures. We have to pay you for that one to see our nudies. Uh, like yeah, we give all the money back to <laughs> take a look at this. I dare you. Uh, just this past week, we did do. 
and a half episode. Uh, also, I had an interview with Mike Swick. I had a little conversation with Mike Swick over the phone. We posted that up there. It was a little too long for the podcast. Uh, so I caught up with Mike Swick out there at uh, AKA Thailand ahead of his commentary debut. Uh, again, we got the full audio of this uh, Joshua Fabio Diego Sanchez interview. So uh, that's just for $3 a month. Now, there are increased tiers for $5 a month. What level is that? That is the star, right? And no. as a star, you get any questions you want answered. Just hit us up. It's guaranteed. You hit me up is on Patreon. Did you mess up the levels? Probably. We're terrible at this business stuff. Well, I was, I was, I was actually trying to get the month. names together that we're going to say hello to. Five dollars a month. You can hit me up on Patreon with anything you want answered on the podcast. We will handle it. We will address that topic. No questions asked. You're paying the money. You no, get producer to hear what you is the hear. $5. Thanks. Thanks, producer. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> and then, if you want to go all out, $10 a if month. If you want to be a star. <laughs> that's a star. $10 a month. At that point, you're basically the boss. We'll talk about anything you want to talk about. If you've got questions you want to send to fighters that you want, we'll tape that response for you and send it to you personally. Uh, we'll get anything you want. Now, I have put in a little caveat. If your question is going to get me slapped by a professional fighter, I am not going to ask it. But other than that. I will ask it uh, behind John's back and <laughs> accredit it to John so he still possibly gets slapped. Cold coffee might actually ask it. All so right. I do want to say, uh, before we switch off, uh, something we did uh, when we first started in the Patreon was uh, when we remembered to give some shout-outs and hellos to new additions. So the recent new additions, we want to send a quick shout-out to Abby, Adam, Dwayne, G, my man, John, Reigns, Jonathan, Jose, and Thomas. Thank you all very much. You're all fucking rock stars in my book. Much love to you all. Thank you very much. Patreon.com slash the MMA River Show. All right, USC on ESPN Plus 27 is this week. Like I said, we will have a wrap-up of it on Saturday night on Patreon.com. The and-a-half episode will get done. But Joseph Benavides versus Devison Figueroa in the main event, the vacant flyweight titles on the line. And I got to say, man, I'm really, really pumped up about this fight, man. Um, look, I'm, I've always been a big fan of the flyweight division. I know, you know, it was nearly shuttered and all that, but I, I, I love it. And I, I'm excited for this matchup because it's incredibly intriguing to that me. That talk does seem like it's went away, right? Yeah, yeah, The yeah. whole shuttering. Yeah. It's so funny. Like, it, for a while there, that's all there was. But now it's like yeah, nobody good. brings it up. We're and good. we're like, oh, no, we're good. I, uh, I I am super excited for this matchup. I mean, Joseph Benavides, uh, a longtime favorite of MMA Junkie and, yeah. and, and the Roadshow, of course. I mean, he's he's been out here in Vegas forever. He's one of the nicest guys you'll ever yeah. meet. He used to come into the Junkie Radio Studios back in the, the WEC days. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, Goes even gave him the Joby One Kenobi uh, nickname. Yeah. And, you know, just, even when I was with the UFC, I mean, whenever we needed somebody to kind of just do something – He's always he's always smiling. He's usually always down for it. I mean, and yeah, he's always been great. Whenever you're like, "Hey, dude, can I? I know you're tired. I know you're cutting weight. Can we do an interview?" And he's like, "Yeah, let's yeah, do it." He's you always going to so, do it, man. Super pleasant. Pretty awesome. Um, I, uh, I I'm excited for this. I'm excited for him to get back, man. He's had you know title opportunities along the way, and and, and it didn't it didn't work out. Um, and now and he's getting another ACL, shot. ACL uh, surgery and injury to come back from that. Did you see that video, or it was something that I think the UFC put out um, where it really was like a day in the life. I think uh, Gilbert was behind part of shooting it or whatever, but you got to see some of the treatment and stuff that the the PI, and he really credits, and that's why we've talked so many times about fighters that have decided to move out here. He because was the of first what the one PI, that really took advantage of He was one of the first ones, if Francis. not the first one. Him and Francis. Francis Spigano. was the, the other one that comes to mind yep. that really was like, I'm going to use it. And with him having that surgery and being able to come back, 
he came back so much quicker and stronger, and here he is fighting for a title after an injury that some people would probably question whether you should even continue with the sport, you know. So good for him, man. I mean, but, yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a longtime favorite, and it certainly helps. I've even tried to I, – I do uh, – I volunteer at the Red Cross. I've been trying to get him and Mega to do stuff with the Red Cross. That's funny. And they're just like, yeah, man, just let us know. Just let us know. And I'm like, that's how – that's why you love Joby. He'll do whatever Absolutely. you need. Both you know? good people. And, yeah. and, uh, and I mean, listen, the guy's been fighting at such a high level for so long that yeah. he really is starting to get into that discussion of, you know, best fighters ever to not win a UFC title. He's one of those guys. I mean, Michael Bisping was certainly one of those guys. Um, and he won it. And, and he finally won it, you know. Uh, I think Donald Cerrone is probably not going to get another title shot before it's said and done. So I, I think yeah. you'd have to consider him in the discussion. Um, but Joseph Benavides is absolutely one of those guys, and now he's getting another shot. Um, but I will say this. Devison Figueredo is an absolute monster. Yeah, I have been a, a fan of this guy coming up. I mean, a, a flyweight with finishing power. And, uh, man, just the story, if, if you have ESPN+, Plus, um, which you'll need it to watch this event anyway, um, if you go watch the, um, the, the show Destined that previews this, man, he talks a little bit about um, just how humble his upbringing was and, you know, how it stuck with him that his sister was crying from hunger. You know what I mean? And, 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 and so he had to go – make some porridge out of like some flour and water you know it's just like insane i mean he comes from absolute nothing um and he is a killer man he is out for vengeance um and and this is no this is no gimme fight for joseph benavides uh, at at all um i want to play a little bit of audio uh to hear from joseph benavides kind of set the scene for this title fight and then we'll talk a little bit more about it but uh you know i think he's in a really good place right now and and i want want you guys to hear it firsthand and we'll talk about it afterwards uh this is courtesy of the young mike bond who's out there on the ground in norfolk virginia this is joseph benavides hello a few few years since you've been in a championship fight week yeah feel pretty different than last time around or yeah it feels different but um it feels similar to the fights in between you know what i mean it just feels, yeah, way different from the last title. I mean, so much happens in a span of even a training camp. So you put everything in there that I've gone through, just maturity, experience, you know, fights in general, you know, training in general. Feels, yeah, it feels way different. But, um, you know, like, you know, it feels bigger and, you know, I'm doing more. So you, and I know there's an accomplishment at the end and I feel even that, like, inspiration and motivation as a competitor but in general it feels like another fight you know where the champion the the ones before that they 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 really didn't they felt like there was something you know on a pedestal that was uh you know maybe taking too too much thought and emotion or or whatever it may be but yeah for, for the most part it just feels it feels like another another good fight week yeah, different. Yeah, and different opponent. Like all that stuff. Like there's so much different about it. You know, like fight to fight, everything's different. The way you feel. Like I believe in a night. You know, you fight ten minutes later. You know, the the fight's gonna be different. So, you know, put everything that I've gone through in that span of time. Um, I mean, yeah, it's it's way different. Um, opponent. You know, at the most simple basis. You know. What do you think is the most dangerous thing about Davidson? Um, I mean, 
you know, he, he's aggressive and he hits hard and tries to hurt you on the feet. I mean, that's, I think, probably his best, his best thing, yeah. Was there a point where it felt like maybe this wasn't going to happen? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I mean, since going all the way back to, to my last loss to DJ, I mean, there was a point where, you know, you thought about that and, hey, how the heck could this happen? But I always believed and the people around me always believed. I mean, a lot of the times more than I did in myself, you know, I would be like, dang, well, I got to beat up everybody. And then, you know, um, after that, it was, you know, I always just tried to keep the same faith. Like I lose the fight. You know, the second one, I just know, like, you know what, I got to beat everybody else up, or DJ has to lose, you know. Um, when DJ finally did lose, you know, I was coming off of ACL surgery, and I lost as well. That, you know, should have never happened, that I actually block out of my mind, it's weird I mentioned it. <laughs> but, um, but then even then, you know, um, I'm making up, you know, I know the faith and the conviction, like, there's these roundabout ways like, well, this could happen. And then, you know, at least the guy that, even though I lost, the guy that, you know, beat him, um, you know, I had just beat. That's great. All you got to do is get a few. We already have a rivalry. And then, you know, the thing with him happened, you know, getting another belt. And it was just like, there was so much turning. But, yeah, I always just kept the faith. And my wife just, like, she knows me so well and believes in me so much. And was always just like, look, your journey's always just been like, funky and wavy and all the way through and like that's just like who you are and like how you do things I don't know why like but you're gonna accomplish what you need to do it's just sometimes a hard way or a different way in general and uh I was always like yeah you know that that makes sense and uh and then like I get this fight and then like you know different way it's on a freaking leap year day which is like rare and unique and I'm just like okay like she was right. It all make it all makes sense. So yeah, I just in a way I I looked at every way it could happen and was comfortable with it. Like the things I couldn't control, like the division being gone and just like this not happening. But I controlled everything I could, which I'm getting so much better at. But at the same time I always believed. But yes, I came to peace with every way that, you know, the, the thing could go. Obviously Davis is a, a dangerous guy, he's ranked third. But is it frustrating at all if it's not Henry and you've got a history, you've got the win over him? No, honestly, not at all. It's it's honestly refreshing. Um, this is, like, beautiful. We're, like, in a quiet place. Um, it's peaceful, you know, like a quiet town. We're right by the beach. And it's just it's just low-key. It's nice. Um, I think it'd be just a circus with Triple C. And um, not to mention, like, I already beat him and fought him and, the goal is to win a title, not, you know, to beat a guy that you've already beat. Like, that's the last thing you want to do, honestly. I mean, the only thing that's appealing to him is the title, not him. So, you know, it's always been about the title, not necessarily fighting him again. So, you know, I think it'd be, you know, harder if it was a DJ or something, you know, or someone that beat me. And it's like, ah, I'm never going to beat them. You know, but, you know, at least I'm getting the, the, the title opportunity. You know, I already beat the guy, and it was up to him to, to not come and try to avenge a loss and not put up a fight and, and go do something else. So, 
Yeah, so it's 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 easy with me knowing I already have a win over him. How do you feel this UFC title solidifies your spot in the UFC Hall of Fame? And does that matter to you? Yeah. I mean that's a that is um that's a huge accomplishment and goal, you know, I'd like to be um you know, in the Hall of Fame in, in that regard. Like as a competitor, you know, that's that's why you start winning, you know, you want to win the world title. You want to be the best ever to do it. You want people to talk about you years after. You want to be, you know, enshrined on, on a plaque that people can see time after. And be like, dang, that guy was amazing. I love that. Love watching that guy. You know, just the simplest things like that. Like, um, is that the most important thing? No, but like as a competitor, it is. You know, the competitive side of me, um, the time I put in to this and the, you know, big portion of my life I've dedicated to it like yeah of course like that those accomplishments mean mean a ton do you think you get in with or without the title I don't know their uh, protocol but hopefully <laughs> yeah maybe yeah what do you see your title reign looking like what kind of champion do you want to be um it's gonna sound crazy but I don't even like want to fight anyone at it like another weight class or like another gender or anything like that. Like I just want to fight the best next best guy in my division. So I know that sounds crazy, but um yeah, I just believe in that and you know, fighting the next best guy in this division that I've been in since the start. Um I think more people should do that and it's really hard to execute the two weight class double champion stuff without, like, I felt kind of the wrath of, you know, um, you know, how people and their wait time and their, you know, career can kind of be on hold, you know, for one person. So, yeah, I just want to keep building um, my division and keep going there, find the next best guy. I know doesn't make sense i know but yeah <laughs> but but yeah that's what i want to do and then just yeah just you know important just be the same me that i was that got me there you know um as far as like a rain goes like what else can you do you know everything doesn't change you know you feel more accomplished and there's a lot to um to attain and hold up to but i feel like i've been doing that and living that way my whole career anyway. All right, so there's Joseph Benavides. Um, listen, I, I, uh, I, I think that Joseph Benavides is in a good mental headspace right now, man. You know, like hearing how calm he is, hearing how – uh, relaxed he is, uh, you know, talking about the fact that there isn't the circus of like a Henry Cejudo fight, man. I think that's really, really good for Joseph Benavides. You know, I don't think he necessarily loves, as, as great as he is with media and as awesome as he is and talking to us all, like I don't think he necessarily digs being, you know, uh, all up in the spotlight and on a big dais and, and, and trying to, you know, sell a big show out of things or whatever. I think he just, um, wants to fight and wants to prove that he's the best in the world and, and and a situation like this is a good one for him man I think he's in a good spot um I do think he's going against a a uh 
a very dangerous opponent. I think he realizes it. I think Joseph is the better fighter overall, but Davison is dangerous, and that makes this that makes this a, a dangerous fight. So I'm um, I'm intrigued by the matchup. I, inside, I guess I'll be pulling for the good guy, Joseph Benavides, and I think uh. Joseph Benavides is the better fighter. But I, I will caution you: if you have not watched Davison figure out a fight up to this point. This dude is dangerous. He is yeah. capable of knocking anybody out. He's a lot of power, a lot of speed, and there's something about the, <clears throat> these Brazilians, man. When they get a chance to to get the strap, man, they like go Super Saiyan or something, which you probably don't know what that is. I don't, but I understand the gist of what it's supposed <laughs> to mean. <I've laughs> uh, it's I've it's seen pretty incredible, but especially, you know, I mean, coming from a place of uh, hunger real hunger and and poverty and humble beginnings and having that chance knowing that you could change your life not that this doesn't mean any less to joe b and what it could change for his life but joe leads a pretty comfortable life and has probably had for most of his life a pretty comfortable life um something about some of these brazilians and some of these fighters that come from some other portions of the world um this is completely life-altering and enough to where you could pretty much change a generation of their families and what they what this means to them and what the effort that they put at these moments you can't you can never discount them when we go to brazil and uh some of these big fights knowing what it means for them to fight in front of their friends and family i almost never pick against a brazilian in brazil just because of these big moments they they always choose to shine um and this I love Joby. I love Megan. Um, love them, respect them. You know, in my heart of hearts, I want them to win. But I know that this is probably one of the toughest I agree. fights that Joby's ever faced. And that's coming from a guy that beat Cejudo. And this is coming from a guy that did really darn well against uh, uh, Demetrius. I agree. Yeah. Uh, this is a Joby that's been injured, coming back from an injury. He's an older fighter. Um, not saying that he's an old fighter, but this is a fighter that's sure. been around for a long time yep. against a hungry, hungry individual that is – he's extremely quick and he's extremely powerful. Um, it's a very, very – this is a very, very dangerous fight. For I, Joby. Agree. I, I agree. I agree. I, uh, I probably don't give Dan Tom enough love on this show, man. Dan Tom – grinds behind the scenes and, and by the way shout out to Dan Tom he's, he's uh, dealing with some family issues himself yeah. as of lately that he's had to go through but he's still still putting in the work still studying the tape the guy breaks down tape uh, really really puts in the hours and uh, I was editing his uh, breakdown this week and uh, man I thought he summed this up perfect now I, I should probably tell you to go click on it on MMA Junkie because I'm going to give away his, his conclusion anyway so uh, <laughs> if you can go click on it just as a favor that'd be click great click on so, it really really quick before he says this yeah just so my boss doesn't know that I <laughs> that I totally gave away things but here's what he wrote here and I think this is phenomenal um, he says he concludes and, and, and Dan Tom's breakdowns are phenomenal he breaks down uh, you know the, the, the strength areas the weakness areas all, all that I mean he, he breaks it all down but then he comes to a conclusion and, and here's what he said he said although I have an admitted bias toward Benavides who is the pick here, I've always been high on the potential prospects of Figueredo. The Brazilian dark horse has athleticism and power that's hard to match at 125 pounds, as none of us should be really surprised if he's able to knock Benavides stiff off of an ill-timed slip or shift to Figueredo's power side. That said, there's ultimately too much going on the other way on paper for me to side with the underdog. 
Figueredo isn't the best when it comes to the checking, uh, checking leg or calf kicks, and despite working the body himself, his traditional approach of head movement still leaves him available to the midsection. Add in the fact that the Brazilian cuts a ton of weight to make the flyweight limit, and I suspect that Benavidez's persistent pace and body work will pay dividends down the stretch of a five-round fight. The pick is for Benavidez to score a stoppage via strikes late into the third round. So I, I just love it because I, I think he just put it into a much more concise and direct statement than I have that I believe Joseph Benavides is the better fighter. I believe Joseph Benavides should win this fight. He has more mm-hmm. tools available to him. He's but man, that power and uh, that can change a fight in a minute that, that in a moment rather. Yeah. is so dangerous. It's yeah. so dangerous and and th- this dude is legitimately to me the scariest dude at 125 pounds. I I think he's the he scariest yeah. guy at 125. Yeah. Um so I'm 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 excited by this one. Yeah, it's it's, it's interesting. Third sounds still a bit early cuz when you think late in the third, I mean, it, it almost you almost think that uh Davidson would have to be a little bit depleted and more tired and these flyways, they don't get tired by the third. Maybe in the fifth. Maybe in the fifth, I think you'll start seeing some chinks in the armor. Maybe even the fourth, depending on the pace. Right. If he's swinging nonstop and if they're just going right at it, you know, up against the cage, constantly clinching and maybe trying some takedowns or something. I don't know, man. Third seems a bit early for me. Um, I could see that happen. I could see if Joe's going to get caught, It would. I think it would happen early in the mm-hmm. second or the third. But I, I see this probably going closer to probably a decision in the fifth. Very well made. By the way, the odds, yeah. uh, just you know, uh, Joseph Benavides as of right now, a minus 140. Davidson Figueroa, a plus 120. So uh, pretty close. slight favorite. Yeah, slight favorite. Yeah, pretty close. Boy, uh, it is it is a good one. I mean, I think a lot of people, I mean, they're going to they're gonna see Joby, and if they don't know Davidson, they're going to be like, oh, of course, Joby's got it, Joby's got it. But this could quickly go another way if, if joe if joe makes a mistake um this is the guy that that can make him pay there's tension yeah there's tension uh listen outside of this um it, there's a there's a lot of uh there's twice well, a lot there's two two fights but they're both on the main card in the women's featherweight division uh zara farron versus felicia spencer megan anderson versus norma dumont um listen to me felicia spencer is the best of those four um she's going to be looking to potentially earn a title shot um, man, beating Amanda Nunes right now is no easy task. Felicia Spencer gave Chris Cyborg a, a pretty good fight. Um, you know, she at least showed her durability. I, I think Felicia Spencer is a potential future USC featherweight champion. I think she will have the belt at some time. I don't know if it's as long as Amanda Nunes is around and is willing to to defend it. I mean, or at least <laughs> as long as she's in her prime. You know what I mean? Maybe Amanda Nunes will, uh, you know, fade off at some point in her career. But to me, right now, um, Amanda is is on a different level. Yeah. Um, but out of those four, I do believe that Felicia Spencer is the best, and I do believe she has the best chance to be a champ. Um, so it's. I don't know. It's the the women's featherweight division, especially with Cyborg leaving. Um, I mean, we we said it before. I, I think you can make an argument that Bellator has the more meaningful women's 145 pound division. So, I'm not trying to you know berate these ladies whatsoever. Um, I just I'm having a hard time, especially with Cyborg's departure and the lack of really developing this division. I'm, I'm having a yeah. hard time getting excited about fights because I don't know that they're really going anywhere. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I yeah. hate to say that, but I just I feel like the USC hasn't done as much to invest in their 145-pound division as Bellator has. I agree. I agree. And they certainly – 
I mean, Felicia is one of those ones, I think, especially after, if, if you haven't seen the fight and you go back and watch the fight with Cyborg, this is this one people are looking at, they're like, oh, she looks young and cute, almost like carrying, like she's still carrying around the baby fat. She's just going to get destroyed by Cyborg. And she was as tough as can be and was giving every bit back to Cyborg and lost in that. It was a close decision. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, she showed a lot of heart. And you're right. I think in terms of the, the four that you listed, in terms of still having a high ceiling that can still go higher mm-hmm. and where she's at, she definitely seems to have the most room uh, to grow and go forward. Um, I was listening to the the interview of her opponent coming in, and I thought her opponent was – absolutely adorable she was speaking french the whole time at the end she starts speaking in english and i was like oh she's so cute i'm like oh i kind of want her to win but it's like she's going against probably the the number one contender should be a number one contender in that mm-hmm. division but uh the other fight as well i mean megan anderson megan anderson and norma dumont that's that gets my mm-mm-mm. you gotta watch that fight award <laughs> for this event <laughs> cold coffee's technical analysis <laughs> that uh I don't even need to talk about technical details. Just look at the thumbnails, folks, and and, and all you fellas. That's the fight to watch. <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, Too but funny. no, it should it, that it should be fun. But you're right. I think the UFC doesn't do a great job of sticking with building the women's divisions overall. Um, they loved it when the the world was clamoring to get more and more Ronda. Then after that point, you know, they they've just kind of have faltered in finding uh, somebody that fit that that's been able to fit that mold because it wasn't like even with Ronda that they were like, all right, we're going to redefine, you're going to read whatever. They just exposed her and people just absolutely fell in love with her. Yeah. And then it just became easy. Then it was just a matter of Ronda went out and she'd give a little sort of side smile, a little wink every once in a while. And people were like, oh, absolutely love this girl. And she was just literally dominating people. The fact that people aren't doing that for Amanda, who is so much more technically sound and a better overall fighter, part of it probably doesn't help that uh, they don't see her. She's not like this American that has grown up with this American story. So it's not like they're like, oh, she's one of ours. You know, Um, you know, maybe there's something there where they don't they they're just not clamoring to it. But I know a lot of people said, why don't they market her as the first openly gay, you know, champion? She doesn't want that. She doesn't want that. And so that's I think that always needs to be said because I see it over and over. They're like, the UFC is dropping the ball. They've got this gift on the table. They can market her to all these lesbian organizations and, you know, these gay, you know, awareness. She she has made it clear. I do not want to be that face of that. Which is fair. Which is totally fair. I want to be a fighter. I don't want to be known as the the, gay fighter. The gay fighter. Right. I want to just be the champion, right? The fighter. Let my let my fighting speak for itself. And if it, it happens to come up that I'm getting ready to start a family with my girlfriend, hey, it comes up. But let's not make a fucking episode of embedded all about our love story, right? You know, like I don't want that. I don't want to see that from a heterosexual couple in there as well. You know, like enough when like I like Joe B and I like Megan, so I'm like, okay, I like it when they show them <laughs> together, but. If it wasn't people that I actually respected and liked, I wouldn't want to see it. Right. You know, well, like it's I don't kind of different because they're both the involved in the industry, side. right? Like they're. Yeah. Both, I mean, well, I guess the, you could say the same for Amanda because obviously her, you know, girlfriend is her girlfriend or fiance at this well. point, a fighter yeah. as well. So, it's, fiance, it's, they're not married yet, are they? Fiance still, I think. No, I think she's still fiance. Yeah, I think so too. But yeah, I mean, it's tough. It's tough because I mean, 
Bronn made it seem so easy for him that I think they thought that they could just kind of slap a few things together and it would just work again, and they realize it doesn't work that way. And uh, Felicia, I think, is one of these ones that if she starts w- keeps winning and keeps putting on good performance, she has that it factor. Same with the uh, Mackenzie Dern is another one of sure. those ones that has just sort of these sort of it factor that people either love them or or hate them, but they're just drawn. Some people just have that sort of magnetic personality. Well, I, think, I was going to say, because, you know, you think about, like, the marketing, the women's divisions. I think the most popular women's division right now would be strawweight, but you had such strong personalities. Yeah. You had Yuan and Jacek. You had Rose Nama Yunus. Uh, and then now, Paige of course, Van Zandt. Paige, now you've got, of course, Zhang Wiley, who yeah. may not be a strong personality, but has a great fighting style and does have the, the, the China thing, which is big, the yeah. first one she's from an a nation like fighter, that. But, but people, it's tough because we've even seen this with uh, great Brazilian fighters, other one people are just like they just want them to speak English. And unfortunately, with this being an international sport and with having fighters from all around the world, we can't expect everybody. So we, it's like it. But I also but can't. I think that helped. I, I think that helped with Zhang too. Where, where you know, sh- I mean, it's it's just a silly little line. But yeah. my name is Zhang Wiley. Remember me, or you know, yeah. I'm from China. Like I, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, I think that made her like a little bit stand out. You it, know? It's just tough because I think you know. Same with like with Cowboy. People know his story. Cowboy goes out and he says some of these things that just really resonate. And until we hear some of this stuff from fighters, it's hard for people to really hook into him. And no matter if they say the most profound thing, if it's coming through a translator, it doesn't sound the same. And people just don't it's associate it with that fighter. You it's know? why I'm not playing audio from Devison Figueroa right now. Like, no disrespect. Yeah. I like Devison. We sit here and brag about how great he is. Yeah. But it's just audio through a translator, through a translator who we were told by people on the ground did not wasn't do even job. doing a good job. So it's like, what's even the point of it? Like these are just some made-up words that the translator made. Yeah. So I, I guess it's tough in that sense where a lot of these, some of these great fighters in the women's divisions are not U.S.-based fighters, and maybe that doesn't help. But uh, I don't know. It's just tough too, and, and it's unfortunate because I still every once in a while I'll hear. Um, the ignorant people that I like to call ignorant because they just drive me crazy. They're just like, I just don't like women fighting. Mm-hmm. I just can't get into it. It's not as fun to watch, you know. But then you'll see some fights like that Angela Hill fight uh, from, was it last event or the event before that, I thought was absolutely fantastic. How could anybody watch that fight and be like, oh, this is not this is not a good fight because it's two women fighting. Yeah, no, nah, that, that ship has sailed, man. That ship has sailed. Ridiculous. I would think – I would think it would sell, but you still hear it. I still hear it. And I still see the comments. And, uh, well, YouTube's just the, the... Oh, it's a cesspool, bro. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> it's a cesspool. Yeah, enough said there. I don't even need to... All right, listen. It. I will say there's the one that does give me sense. So, like I said, I'm not disrespecting any of those women. I'm just saying it's hard for me to get excited for the fights because I don't feel like the division is built real well. So, I, I, they're, I'll watch them. And, like I said, I think Felicia Spencer's the best out of the four. Um, but I just don't get excited because I, I don't... Stakes, man. It is cool they're on the main card. It is though. cool that they're both on the main card, and so That's I cool. guess this—I guess maybe this is a commitment to starting to develop the division or it's something. Co-main event and the—it's the, not the first of the main card. That's pretty darn cool. It's good. There's, f- there's five fights on the main card. All right, and two of them are the ladies. The one that excites me though, Magomed Ankalaya versus Ian Kutalaba is going to be absolutely yeah. ridiculous. It's going to be bonkers. Those two dudes are are. Tanks of human beings, man. Yeah. Ian Kutalaba, especially, man. His intensity. He should be a Marvel character. Oh my, that's a, like one that's of those great. one he of could, those like absolutely. Marvel characters or something. He's a good-looking dude, but he is like chiseled like that metal guy. That's like one of the X Men. I don't know what his name is, but he looks like that giant metal dude. 
and he's gone out there as like the Hulk, like all right. greened up before, and you you kind of believe it when it's you see. It's funny it. that yeah, he's the dude that does the green paint. If you're not, if we're not sure who you're talking about, it's Ian Kutalaba, uh, 26 years old. Like I said, just powerful, chiseled, scary, um, dangerous. Yeah. Now uh, he will gas. Uh, he is wild and he carries will a lot make of mistakes. muscle and he throws a lot of punches. Yes. That, go, go back and watch. Just if you're looking to fight, just go back and watch the Khalil Roundtree fight. I thought he looked absolutely fantastic. Scary. It Scary. Was, yeah, it was super impressive. Now, meanwhile, Magomed ain't alive. If, if you remember him, he had the infamous UFC debut. Remember where he. He he's the guy that Paul Craig got the last second submission uh, against. I mean, he was whipping four fifty nine of round three. He was whipping Paul Craig's yeah. ass over the course of fourteen minutes and fifty nine seconds, and tapped out due to a triangle choke with one second left. But that is his only loss to date. He's won three in a row since then. Um, not necessarily against. Uh, top names, uh, but last time out it was Dolce Luka Blula, that, that scary dude, uh, yeah. Dolce champion. He beat him. So uh, you know this is this is a guy. This this is going to be, I think, a, a key fight. We're starting to see this kind of, uh, I guess, this next wave of of two o fivers. I mean, uh, not necessarily. I mean, you know, these guys aren't fast tracking. You know, the Johnny Walker ride or whatever. These guys aren't on the you know number one contender list. But we're starting to see that next generation of light heavyweights that are going to be around for a while, and I think this is a big fight there. So I am very, very intrigued by this one. Uh, Anka Live is actually the favorite here in this one, minus 220, so a little bit over a 2-1 to one favorite. Interesting. Um, but that to, me, that, to me, is the class of, of the main card. Um, That's going to be a good one. I, I, that, to me, is something crazy is going to happen in that fight. The, the prelims, um, you know, a couple names stand out. I will say Tom Brees, um, not, I'm not there this week to talk to him, and Tom Brees is not necessarily – the best interview. He's he's pretty quiet overall. He's very just. He just I don't know if he's shy necessarily, but he just doesn't like to talk a lot. But he is just one of the most interesting characters to me because um, he's dealt with. And I don't know that he necessarily likes talking about it much. But he's had panic attacks. I mean, there's been he's lost a couple fights on the day of the fight um, because he's been ruled medically ineligible to compete because of basically panic attacks. Interesting. But he continues to. Um, to chase after the stream, you know, I mean, it, it would be easy, I think, for him to hang it up and be like, "Man, this is not for me," but he continues to chase after it. So I'm, I'm, I'm really, really intrigued by him as a as a human being, man. Just the the kind of torture, I guess, mentally that this uh, that this sport is for him, and yet he continues to to push forward and try to succeed at it. So um, I, I'll be definitely watching him. Um, Luis Pena, of course. Uh, you got to you got to keep an eye on him every time he fights. I mean, the violent Bob Ross, dude. That's just I don't know if there's a better nickname. It's pretty awesome. in the sport, and and uh, <laughs> it, it clearly uh, he he has earned it. Um, I will also be watching Sean Brady. Sean Brady, a, a Cage Fury vet, undefeated record, uh, comes from Cage Fury, which is just a, a phenomenal regional promotion out there on the East Coast with an incredible broadcast team. Of uh, John Morgan, CM Punk, <laughs> and Jessica Penne, they do f- they do just I just want to say they do fantastic work out there. So mm-hmm. now I'll be keeping an eye on Sean Brady, but listen, uh, he's got an incredibly tough matchup as well. I'm really high on Ishmael Nardiev as well, the Austrian Wonder Boy. Um, this dude is tough. Again, another one that um, has been on the prelims, has been fighting on some of the foreign cards. You might not have seen him. This is the first card or the first fight of the night, I should say. Uh, but I- I'm definitely keeping an eye on that one. And then uh, Spike Carlisle versus Elon Cruz. Uh, I, I'll be watching that one as well. Spike Carlisle, uh, talking about great nicknames. He is the Alpha Ginger. 
stepping in here to make his USC debut against uh, Cruz, who had a, a phenomenal entry into the USC by a flying knee knockout uh, on Dana White's Contender Series this past July. So a couple fights there that I'll be watching uh, on, on, on the prelims. Um, and, of course, we will wrap it all up with an and-a-half uh, episode that will be on Patreon.com slash The Road Show. Anything, anything on there that you're most excited about? Main card, prelim card, anything like that that gets the, the cold coffee seal of approval? <laughs> besides my mm-mm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> besides fight. that one, you freak. Besides that one, um, hmm. You, the, the, lo- the ones you mentioned have been good. Even the Martian Tibera fight. Tibera's good. He's been out here training at Syndicate, actually. He's uh, Has been he really? co- Yeah, he's been out here training at Syndicate. Is this his first fight at Syndicate? I think so, because I don't remember him being there before. I don't remember him being there before either. Yeah. So that should be an interesting one. Um, Pena fight, I mean, that's always going to be a good one. The Dawson fight's going to be good. Um, of course, that <laughs> that fight I'm super, super <laughs> excited about. Um, but, yeah, it really is that main event for me. I'm just so super stoked. I mean, it's a decent card. It's a decent card. Uh, I think it's going to be some competitive matchups. There's not a lot of big names. This is, I was going to say, that's, this is one of those cards where I think if people, people on the undercard and the prelims have a decent performance. This could be one of those fights when somebody's like, who is that guy? Because a lot of these names, they're not names you I agree. that you know. Like, I had to take double takes, and then I'm looking at picks. I'm like, oh, okay, that's yeah. that guy. This is you one know? you could probably you, you, you want to catch the title fight live. I think you I think you, you definitely sure catch you the title fight. For, live. Yeah, you want to make sure. You, well, the rest the I, main you want to turn in for the main card. Right. But I mean, if you can catch the last bit of the prelims, you're doing pretty good. But even if you, you know, sort of. Put the prelims on while you're while you're yeah. making dinner, while you're doing something else. Catch them later, know, then that way you can catch fast a forward. Something. You can fast forward through all the filler content and all that. Yeah. But but, th- but those are the names I'm looking out for if, if that if that helps you out. But uh, keep an eye keep an eye on Sean Brady, Ishmael Nardiev. Uh, keep an eye on that Carla Cruz fight, and then like I said, yeah, Luis Pena is going to be there. So there's 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 things, and again, Breeze. Hopefully everything goes okay with him because like I said, he's lost fights. I don't want to curse him. Knock on wood. He's lost fights day of. Yeah, this is like one of those cards where a lot of the fighters are working to kind of get their name and to sort of start working towards the middle to the, I don't want to say the top of the division. This is like one of those cards where it's, this is where a fighter, if they have a good performance, maybe they get on a prelim of like a pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. If they do really, really well on one of these sort of things, that's what some of these these particular cards, these are those ones to sort of see how they fight and that they do decently well, and if they sort of traction well, the UFC will. These are the kind of ones that they can consider. Like maybe if they do really well, maybe we can work them into one of those. Uh, cards. These are people trying to get their names recognized. No yep. question about it. All right, listen. I want to give you uh, something outside of the UFC to think about. Titan FC 59 is Friday night. It is on UFC Fight Pass. Uh, and, and why am I shouting that out? Well, I got a personal. I got a personal <laughs> connection. Saying, to this why are you one. shouting that one out? Well, I got a personal connection to this one. Well, first of all, I I, I used to be on the Titan FC broadcast. That was oh, years, you don't years say. ago. Me and me and uh, Kamara Usman actually were a broadcast team together, which was fun. Um, but no, listen. Uh, my, so my son, uh, people that know me know my son does jujitsu. Uh, had been, been training for the last year under uh, Roxanne Motiferi at uh, Syndicate, and uh, he was basically aging out of her class. Uh, she teaches the little kids. And uh, she is phenomenal, man. If you're if you're in the Las Vegas area and you've got a kid um, that is thinking about jujitsu and Syndicate is anywhere close to you, go do it. Sign up. She is phenomenal, man. She will make your kid fall in love with grappling, man. She is she is so fun. 
and, and her dedication and love for the sport is phenomenal. But um, she was uh, basically she teaches the four to seven year olds. And my son's about to turn eight. He was aging out of class, so we were looking for uh, a change, just to try something different. Eight. I know it's crazy. Time flies. Oh my God, right? he's getting old. Time flies. <laughs> so we were looking for a change, uh, and I, that's when I noticed that Max Roshkoff uh, was teaching the kids' classes at Drysdale uh, Mixed Martial Arts Zenith Jiu Jitsu. Um, and Max Roshkoff, I had called a couple of his fights at Final Fight Championship here in Las Vegas. Yeah. Uh, he is a, a top talent, man, a really really high on the list, so well-recognized. He's a decorated collegiate wrestler, um, and now he's, he's, he's becoming phenomenal at jiu-jitsu as well under the tutelage of Robert Drysdale. Um, I was very, very impressed by his skills when I saw him fight at Final Fight Championship. He also filled in uh, for a week one time at Extreme Couture and taught the kids' classes for a week when one of the regular coaches was on vacation. And I just really love the way – he taught class, and so uh, w- w- to have the opportunity to go uh, and have my son train under him, I thought would be uh, would be worth it. And so we've been there for since the start of the year, basically. And uh, and my kids really enjoy being over there now. Uh, and he fights on on Friday night, Titan FC, undefeated prospect. Um, he's uh, this is his first fight for Titan Fighting Championship, his first fight on UFC Fight Pass. Uh, so you might not know the name, but I wanted to give it to you early. Like I said, I've got a little bit of a personal connection here. He's my kid's jiu-jitsu coach as well. Um, but I think this is a name that you're going to be hearing about in the future. Um, our own Nolan King uh, did peg him as uh, you know one of 20 fighters who might be a star in the 20s. The, the, you know Something that we did for end-of-decade end content. Uh, and he's somebody you can watch on UFC Fight Pass. So uh, I thought you might want to hear a few minutes uh from Max. So this is Max Rushkoff. All right, so still a few days out from the fight, but it is fight week. I mean, when when do the emotions, the excitement, I mean, you're pretty laid back and relaxed yeah. right now. So when does, like, the – if it's tension, if it's excitement, if it's nerves, when does that all kick in for you? Uh, probably have to have the nerves there for probably about a week now. But, like, I, I've competed for so long, I know what I have to do to kind of, like, where I need to suppress what nerve, what emotion, and what I need to just kind of let go. Um, always a little nervous energy makes you, I think, stronger and sharper. So I'm, I got a little bit of nervous energy, but I'm kind of relaxed and uh, just ready to go. Nice. It's been about five months uh, yeah. since you fought last. Give me an idea. What's what's kind of been the focus been during that time? I mean, I know there was some situations with where you were going to fight that yeah. you had to work through and all that, but what's what's the focus been on you as far as your development? Yeah, so I had a little bit of an injury in December. And then, so I was, I was trying to fight again in December and then I wasn't able to, I didn't have a fight schedule or anything, but that was what I was kind of targeting. And I kind of got a little bit of injury. So I was, I was still training, but I wasn't training ready for a fight yet. So took some time, got a little bit healthy. And then, uh, pretty much just the same thing. I'm always focusing on just getting my overall game better, my stand up, my jujitsu, still getting better at my wrestling and, uh, strategy as far as implementing all those together in a, in a different way. Nice. And this is the first camp you've done with Robert Drysdale as, yeah. as kind of the, the chief and, yeah. and the whole instructor. What's How has that changed things for you? So for my last three fights, he's been kind of my, my main head coach, but uh, this is the first camp I've done pretty much 100% out of uh, uh, Drysdale Jiu-Jitsu and then with Zenith MMA, and we started our own little kind of team here. I got a good group of guys that are young up-and-comers that remind me a lot about myself, so... I, uh, I'm excited to be a part of their journey as well. There's still uh, a couple of them are amateurs, Joey McKay and uh, Orlando Sanders, both guys you're going to have to watch out for. Nice. Uh, you're signed with Titan now. I mean, uh, yeah. it's you know, a big regional brand, obviously. Yeah. It's on UFC Fight Pass. So, like, I think that might be some more eyeballs. I mean, does this feel like a, a step up or a step forward? Uh, I don't know what the numbers are. I don't know how many people will be watching, but I've wrestled in front of 
20, 30,000 people before uh, where it, I think at Iowa, a Carver Hawkeye Arena, it's guys that, it's a bunch of hillbillies just telling me I'm too pretty to wrestle and shit. And it's like all the eyeballs are on me because it's at the dual meet or whatever. So it's not something I'm not used to. And uh, I've definitely, I've always, at least when I'm in wrestling and jiu-jitsu, I've always performed a little bit better under pressure. Nice. I know you had a handful of fights kind of here at home in Las Vegas. Yeah. Now you got to go on the road. I mean, uh, yeah. does that, does that uh, add excitement to it? Does it add a different feel? What, what, what is, does it affect anything? Yeah, I don't think it really affects anything. I just I think it affects uh, timing. I, I could sit at home and play Xbox while I was cutting weight and stuff, and so now it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, but now it doesn't really affect anything. I, I've traveled my whole life wrestling, so nothing different. Nice. What do you know about the guy you're fighting? Not, not going to be a familiar name to a lot of people. Did you know anything yeah. about him when he was brought to the table? Uh, I, they brought a couple people to the table, and I didn't really know any of them and I don't really follow the the regional scene all that much and then once uh I told my manager knows I'll fight pretty much anyone at this point especially because it's hard to find opponents in the first place so it's like I'm not going to be pick and choosy either and I've waited so long like I've been training for a long time before I even took a professional fight so I'm in a position where I'm comfortable with anyone I'm not trying to pick and choose but uh no I didn't really know anything about him and then uh, I still really don't there's not a lot of film he hasn't been super active but uh, I think he comes from a good t camp, and I'm going to be expecting a tough motherfucker on Friday. You know, you've had some hype around you early in your career, but I feel like now it's been even more. I mean, you know, hell, we published a list, you know, 20 guys who could be a star in the 20s, and I feel like there's more lists. I mean, what does that do? Does that add excitement? Does it add pressure, responsibility? I mean, when you see that, like, there's people paying attention and saying yeah. they expect these things out of you, what does that do for you? Man, it's about fucking time, I think. I think I've been working too hard for too long. Uh, a lot of setbacks, a lot of stuff like that. So I think, um, to me, it's just about time. And I think, I just want, I want to, like, the expectations that are there, I want to shatter those. Because I think I'm always shooting for the stars. And if I don't reach it, then it's fine. But that's, uh, it puts a little bit of pressure. But it's, like, the good pressure that, like, kind of gets me excited. Nice. I know you'd like to be in the UFC, like, maybe even before year's end. I mean... Do you feel that's possible? Like, what's it going to take? What do you think? I mean, is it you got to go out there and you got to, you know, get spectacular results? Is it just get wins? I mean, what do you think it's going to take to get you to the UFC? Hit some slick shit and say some slick shit on the mic too, probably. Uh, yeah, no, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't had conversations with anyone from the UFC. I know um, uh, a lot of the media members, a lot of people, uh, a lot of my friends over at Extreme Couture, and then uh, everyone, all my coaches here and my management have all talked to them, and I know, I know they know about me, but it's going to just be a matter of time of when they, when they want me. But I, I'm ready right now, this second. Nice. I know you, you touched on it there. I mean, the fight game, you got to win and you got to look good, right? But, I mean, you're the rated R superstar, right? I mean, you embrace <laughs> the entertainment side of it too, right? Yeah. I mean, is this – were you like a pro wrestling fan growing up, or is this something that you've seen in MMA? Like. Yeah. You know, What's your take on being kind of a personality as well? Uh, I was a pro wrestling fan growing up, but then also like, if you come and see me train, and especially the, the guys, some of the guys, the amateurs I mentioned earlier, they're kind of shy a little bit, and they're like, oh, they're 20, 21, 22, and I'm always talking shit and like messing around and like having a good time and stuff. And that's just how I like to be. I don't like to censor myself because that's just not who I am. And just where I grew up, it's just like we just grew up talking shit and having fun fighting, wrestling, doing all that stuff. So uh, uh, I think if it wasn't like part of who I was and I was kind of, it would look fake and I wouldn't do it. I'm, I'm just really just having fun. And I think I'm just an entertaining guy in, in the first place. You come and watch me train, hang out with me. You'll see it, but 
definitely isn't uh, something I'm trying to do because of the results of it. I think if you do that, it kind of just looks cheesy, corny, and yeah. fake. No doubt about it. All right, so for a lot of people, man, it'll probably be the first time they get a chance to watch you fight, you know, being on Fight Pass. So if they haven't seen you, how, how would you describe your style? I mean, what kind of fighter are you? Uh, hit, don't get hit. Uh, I think I have four fights have been hit once with an elbow in the clinch, and then that was it. Uh, if you watch me wrestle jiu-jitsu or fighting all, I have a very odd grappling style. I want to say I have good fundamentals, but I can get submissions that I haven't even practiced before. You know, like if I see it, I can get it. And uh, I've also shown some of my fights, I have some heavy hands too. I don't want to try not to want to show that too much, but I do have them. And then and maybe see something you've never seen out of a, out of a wrestler before. Nice. Another goal, like I said, is to get to the UFC hopefully as soon as this year. I mean, this could be a big step in that direction. So, I mean, when you play this one out in your head, how do you see this one going? How do you, how do you see yourself getting your hand raised? It's going to be some kind of battle where you do get tested on the step up, or do you think yeah. you can go out there and, and do something dominant? I'm always looking. I'm always going to be looking for the finish, but I'm also very patient. I think for having only four fights, when I go in, I'm not like I'm not having a game plan for anything specific or anything. I'm reading and reacting. I'm going to try to find where the person is the weakest and attack that. Alright, so there you go. Max Roshkoff fighting at Titan SC 59. Check that out Friday night on USC Fight Pass. Uh, by the way, I'll be on USC Fight Pass March 21st. So let's go ahead and circle your calendar for that right now. <laughs> CFFC. Uh, it's actually going to be a cool day. I think UFC London. Uh, you don't get paid extra if you get more people to tune in. No, but I want that would be to, fun, though. It would be cool, but I want people to watch. Like if they, But if they could have a way to track it and they would throw you a bonus. Get a little bonus or something? Yeah, if they're like, oh, you know, when you watch it, you use the code Frosty. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great, uh, but no, I think that's gonna be a fun day because I think UFC London is is during the day and then uh, CFFC is at night, uh, so you get a full day of fights. I gotta see how the schedule works out. That's gonna be a tough one to squeeze in the and a half. Maybe I could do it before my broadcast. I'm not sure. We'll see how the schedule works out. But anyway, that's March 21st. We got plenty of time till then. Uh, <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know, get it on your calendar. Make sure it's, it's appointment viewing. It is. It it's is. Important. Uh, one championship is Friday morning. I think by the time most people listen to this, that'll already be in the books. Like I said, Titan SC Friday night, USC on ESPN Plus 27 on Saturday. We will have a wrap-up of that an and a half episode on Patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow. Otherwise, uh, like I said, the young Mike Bond is out there in Norfolk and we'll be bringing you coverage from on the ground. In the meantime, I uh, – I just want to have a few more frosty beverages and enjoy the rest of this beautiful day. <laughs> yeah. So we'll bid adios to everybody and just say thanks for listening.